nations on earth are bound by such close ties. Our labor unions cross borders. So do our sports leagues, baseball, basketball, hockey. I have to say, I like your teams except the Leafs. Oh, Joe, you dirty fucker. Sleepy Joe. Yeah, he was awake. <laughs> no, it was his crowd. Yeah. Found a way to uh, to get a laugh at my team's expense out of our trained seals in Parliament. <laughs> yeah, man. Yep. Not just in Parliament. No. Right here in the studio. Welcome inside episode 1087 of the Talk and Audio podcast from the TCA studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. Make sure you're following along on social media at Talkin Audio. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you're hearing us right now. Uh, what do you think, man? Joe Biden in the nation's capital. I can tell you when he landed here on, I think it was Thursday, Thursday night. Uh, I don't know, some choppers, some drones kind of hovering around yeah, the area. It, there was it's, much ado. It's a scene, man. For sure it was. Yeah. I was um, not impacted at all. No. At all. <laughs> the president's not venturing out to Canada. Yeah. It's... Or even out to, uh, you know, College Square, right, Woodruff right. area. <laughs> I don't need to make it out there. So, yeah, it's... Just I, one I, day is all I want, man. Where we're not the punching bag. Where we're not the... Ah, ah. And he does go on later on. Uh, they beat the fly If beating the Flyers is all it takes to hate... To, Biden hates yeah, most and, of the league at this point, I and think. When, and when did they beat the Flyers? In January. He's like, oh, you, you guys, you'd understand. My wife's a Philly girl. If I didn't say, I just like the Leafs because they. Because oh, I seem to recall all those years that Toronto beat Ottawa in the playoffs. Oh no, this was like one random game in okay. January. <laughs> it's not right. Jeez, uh, Nobody cares about that. Okay, uh, I guess Joe, we'll move along. <laughs> yeah, get on with it. And it's funny though. It's it's you know, Trump didn't come, right? And so he did. He came, called our prime minister a pussy, and then left. Oh, you right. don't remember that? That, but that yeah. was in Quebec City. Yes. Yeah. No, he didn't come to Ottawa, no. Right. And so. Which was fine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he got on the plane and called him a pussy. Like, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> now that I'm out of here. You suck. <laughs> Hold me back, Loops. <laughs> like, that's one of those things. Yeah. You're like, yeah. I am now social media guy. Right. You're a pussy. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's done more for women's rights than I have. What do you see uh, in that speech to parliament? Biden says, you know, both. The Americans and the Canadians now have much better representation in cabinets in Parliament by uh, by women MPs, and everybody stands up to clap except the Conservatives. And <laughs> and Biden's like, "Hey guys, even if you don't agree, you should probably stand up." And they do. You're like, at least if this is your stance, stick to it. Don't let a Democratic American president tell you to. No, nah, it's, it's trained seals, man. Or 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 or. Um, it's, uh, it's been quite a week. We'll get into a bunch of things here today. We got great stuff coming up on the podcast, but, uh, you got tired of waiting for me to ask. So what have you cracked into there today, man? <laughs> well, and I was really, I was more interested in Joe Biden curling and whatever else was going on yeah. there, right? It just sort of. There was a picture of, uh, I guess the Trudeaus had the Bidens over for dinner at the residence. Yep. And the picture was making the rounds like, 
Canadians were cringing. Take your shoes off in the house. Like this is a weird American thing where what they you, wear their doing? shoes in the house. It's, I, it's gross, man. I, you know what? If you live in a southern clime where you're all hardwood or tile, do it. Whatever. No. No. No, I see. I never. Whatever you're stepping in out in the streets or whatever, yeah, you're not tracking I, into the house. I never, terrible. I never ever wear shoes in the house. No. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting that he's the guy who's come and he stayed overnight. Like I, I think it's been since the sixties since somebody has stayed overnight <laughs> and it's like Joe couldn't, had to show up late, had to get into bed. Yeah. Get up and start the day fresh the next day. It's <laughs> <laughs> Sleepy Joe needs rest. <laughs> for sure, man. I'm like, why wouldn't you just, just take jet- a shot to my team though, man? I might go full red hat here. Like I, this is, yeah, this right. has turned me off him. I don't know where to start. Like I'm not, I guess I'll go and misunderstand a news article, flame the journalist, and then find a gay immigrant to be afraid of. Is that, is that what I do next? I, I don't really know how to fit or in. Roll around that. Nancy Pelosi's house. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I could do that. You know what? Who knows, Matt? I'm not going to fit in here very well, but (laughs) I'll give it a go because fuck you, Joe. The Leafs rule. Go Leafs. (laughs) What are you drinking, man? Uh, I am drinking. It's interesting. um, Friend of the show. Mm. All around good guy. Hockey father extraordinaire. LSG was down in Vermont and has brought me back a pint. Now he said, here's a pint for the show. And I said, well, we'll see. And he's like, I actually had two, one for you and Matt. Yeah. He's like, but it's damn good. So I'm keeping it. Only one made, only one made it. So you can either give it to Matt or you can. And we knew who that was going to play. Over. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Like Rob supplied Matt for like the last month. In it's beers. true. But LSG is not this. Yeah. Uh, it's true. It's true. All right. So this is something called Northern Heights from 10 Bends Brewing out of Vermont. I'm fascinated by that. 10 Bends. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure if it's a Radiohead reference. I'm really not sure mm-hmm. what's going on here, but the Northern Heights Got little a place. Got the Bends yeah. for the 10th yeah, Exactly. Time. I went to, went to college and I got the big D. I got the big D. Okay. Was, I didn't show up with it, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is a double IPA, which is not normally my bag. Comes in at 8%. Now, Stevie tells me. Smooth, you'll never notice the 8%. Interesting. Okay. First pull, I'm noticing the 8%. It's a little peppery on the Come tongue. On, let's G. Get it together here, man. Yeah. Well, he's boozy. And you promise. He's boozy. He's got two kids who are sort of under 10. Yeah, I, think, right, yeah, I right. think you need the 8%, yeah. right? You know, some of us have moved on to more sophisticated palates. <laughs> I'm in my. Guy brings you a beer and we're under taking shots. <laughs> I'm in my Chivas years. You know, I don't need to get into all this. Okay. Not, okay. r- not really. No. I'm not a, you know, but it. So what it, was the brewery called? Ten. Ten Benz. Ten Benz is the brewery, not the beer. Right. The beer Northern. is called Northern Heights. Okay. Okay. A little play on. I get it. I'm clever. Yeah. I understand I things. I know. For sure you are. So first poll. Yeah. I'm not getting a lot of the carbonation. You know when sometimes a beer gets a little boozy and you're not, you're not getting all of yeah. the sort of the back hoppiness and, and, and carbonation. It's just sort of tasting like. Cider with maybe a pinch of battery acid, or I'm not really sure. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're losing me. <laughs> Anyways, I got to have a couple more pulls and we'll see how it is. But I understand you have some. So after I have a couple pulls in this, I can pass this can over to you if you want it. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> I think I'll be all right. On like, this a for, like a former guest offering me to share his yeah, beer. Yeah, exactly. And why are you offering after it's two thirds done? Yeah, You've been holding that. Warmed up. And- Come on, backwashed. 
Anyways, what do you got, Matt? Yeah, this one is uh, also a gift beer. Um, about two weeks ago, I guess now. Uh, Steve McLean, former OHL fanboy. When's the last time you bought a beer, Matt? <laughs> it's been a while, man. It's, <laughs> things are going good around here. Um, and Sebastian Jackson, a friend of him, came in. Um, guy who's been working quite a bit around uh, around the Black Girl Hockey Club. They've been making a, a name for themselves and, and whatever. Mm. So they were in, and they each brought a beer. I was talking to Steve um, when they first walked in. I'm not even sure he'd introduced Seb yet. But he said, oh, I did bring you a beer. And he set it on the table. Sebastian stepped forward and set another one on the table. It was like a very godfather kind of moment, right? Like, on this, the day of my daughter's wedding. You come to me with this? Yeah, here's a, here's a gift. So that was awesome. Very kind of them. I had asked them not to, uh, but they did anyway. And I, I don't ask twice um, for you not to. So this is from, because if you recall, they'd been over to Gatineau earlier on and then he'd seen a Q, a couple QMJHL games that weekend before showing up here in the studio. So this is from a, a brewery I've never heard of before out of Montreal called, uh, La Brasserie RJ, Air G, R- what's the translation <laughs> R-G, on R-G. the letters? Yeah, that's right. Air. R. J. J. G. Right? Just soften it a little. Yeah. It's the J becomes a G. For the sensitive French, yep. uh, palette there. Uh, this is the Robe Noir Stout, also coming in at about 7.5%, but, uh, they knew who they were bringing for it. And and they brought one or two others we'll get to in future episodes, but this is the one we chose to kick things off today as we rapidly make our way out of stout season. Although the weather this weekend, you know, tried to keep it appropriate, right? Tried to, to make it look like that's where we're, we're sticking for a little bit, right? It's here in the winter. Okay. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it's supposed to be spring. So we're going to, uh, make sure we get as many stouts in here as we can before they become harder to find right in the spring and in the summer. So well, people want to start bringing you ghosts and saisons sours. and sours and I don't mind those, no, no. but I want to choose them. Right. I want to have it. Don't, don't bring it to me in my beer of the don't month. Don't bring that to me. Don't bring that shit to me. <laughs> uh, so we're looking forward to, uh, to checking this one out, ma'am. Uh, just before you get started here, um, I had some things to do before I got started. I know, but you wanted to, okay, you get going. No, no, you go. Is it it official business? Yeah, yeah. Then hit official business. You you go ahead now. But you never asked me how I was. No. Disinterested. Ah, And I feel like, (laughs) I feel slightly put off by this. I feel like now now somebody else is bringing you beers and now you're just like, (laughs) I don't give a damn, Rob. (laughs) Fuck you. So I'm like, all right. So. You know, I'm a huge Jeopardy fan. Yeah. I have about, well, I, I PVR them and I watch them at my leisure. Then I rewatch them with my partner and show her how smart I am after oh, I've already. That's a great idea. <laughs> Cause I could be smarter. Yeah. It's true. Oh, we all could. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And so when I watch, uh, sort of 20 correct answers is sort of my, if I get above 20, it's a good this show. Fucking guy. No, no. Listen, right. up over 30 a couple times, mm-hmm. but the thing is, I'm not great with science. I'm not great for somebody who works in the library, not great on who wrote it. Not much of a reader. Classic literature, you know, you sort of like, uh, so I'm really, there's a, there's a, there's a ceiling on how many I'm going to get right. And the reason I come to this, Matt, is, and you'll like this. Oh, good. Or maybe you won't. Oh. I'm watching it and one of the categories is 
wrestling. Hey. Video clips of fucking wrestlers on Jeopardy. Okay. Triple H. At the time that this is happening, is it Miam Bialik or is it Ken Jennings? No, it's Ken Jennings. Okay. So yeah, we're aren't not, they start? They're still splitting, though, aren't they? Well, she does the Tournament of Champions. The celebrity. You just kids. saw her doing the high school reunion. Is, okay. is what that was, where kids who were you know. I knew pre- she was still involved. Yes, so yeah. she is. But Ken does the day to day. Okay. No, this is Ken. So this is this is not, you know, university students or anything. It's just run of the mill. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This bullshit is infiltrating. This is the place I thought I could come to to avoid. No, smart people like wrestling, man. It's, is- it's Matt, <laughs> Matt, it's it's very true. You got to tell us how'd you do. Uh, I, so what is there five? Uh, yeah, five I, answers. I, and it was category? in it was in uh, it was in the first round of Jeopardy. So it was you know the values are yeah. I think I got three to five. Okay, three to five. Remember any of them? Uh, yeah, not going to be. You would get five for five. Yeah, of course. Um, I would. One was the, the one that I, I had some issue with was um, one of those guys that, that does the where's the luchador mask? Rey Mysterio, perhaps. Okay, and he they wanted to know the name of the two the two word name of what that what that Mexican wrestling style is. Lucha libre. Lucha libre. Did you have it? No, I did not get it. All right, luchador. Yeah, but I'm like. The Bluchador. Yeah, the Bluchador. Yeah, Bluchador. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. One was Andre the Giant. Yeah. One was one was the Merriam Webster dictionary definition of what a smackdown is. I have no idea. Well, no, it just was all the things you and so the answer was what is a smackdown, right? So it was, you know, the, the other one I didn't get was Triple H saying I don't know, in like 04 or whatever it is. <laughs> I won this. I beat some guy named I don't know, Bam Bam Bigelow for all I know. <laughs> Great callback. He's like, to win this tournament, oh, which gave me yeah. the confidence to start up Degeneration X or something. Yes, okay. And so I'm like, Royal Rumble? Oh. No. No. What is it, Matt? It's the King of the Ring. It's the King of the Ring. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, it was this, this cross-reference of- He was supposed to win, Rob, the King of the Ring the year before. But he and his buddies, he was friends with Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall. Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Diesel, and Razor Ramon. What was that little Weasley guy? X-Pac, Sean Waltman. Yeah, Sean, yes, that's the guy. But Diesel and Razor were leaving for WCW, which would turn out to start the NWO and create the wrestling wars, right? The Monday Night Wars for the oh, next several God, years. That's what I've done. But in the, yeah, yeah, you're going <laughs> to sit through this fucking lesson now, man. And those guys are buddies at that point, right? And wrestling is still, they're trying to protect their, it might be real, right? Yep. But they're in Madison Square Garden, which is their biggest venue. It's not a televised event, but afterwards, Diesel's wrestled Shawn Michaels and then Triple H and Scott Hall, who was, like I said, Razor Ramon, they come out and they all hug and celebrate and salute the crowd like as a send-off. And that becomes this black mark on the business, right? You've now exposed that good guys and bad guys might be friends and you can't punish Shawn Michaels because he's your champion. You can't punish Diesel or Razor because they've left for WCW. So Triple H gets punished. He was going to win the King of the Ring, get pushed, right? He's going to be the next big oh, thing. Oh, you know and who you can punish? Yeah. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Right. So for a year, he's just eating shit. And actually, that's what oh, Vince McMahon okay. said to me. You're going to have to learn to love the taste of shit for the next little while. Okay. I don't think I'm ever going to learn to love that. Yeah. So Tolerate? 
Not even really. It's funny we get into this, man. It's funny you bring this up because later this week, new guest making his first appearance on the podcast. It is, is this, WrestleMania week. Is it a sexy guy? I'm just a sexy uh, boy. I assume so. Yeah. We've never met, but. Uh, Lever Sage. Woo! From TSN 1200 and the This Is Wrestling podcast. We'll be here, like I said, uh, WrestleMania next weekend. So we thought, good time to talk to Lee's big craft beer guy, obviously a big sports guy, but a big wrestling guy. And so uh, we'll get in, we'll have him in studio. We'll uh, look for that probably Wednesday morning and we'll talk to him about big meaty men slapping meat. <laughs> like that's what, that's what I want to watch. <laughs> We'll get into all of that, Matt. It should be fun. Just how excited he gets at the end. It's a little starts to slur me. I can't, I can't wait. I want to see it. So that's going to be a lot of fun, man. Looking forward to uh, to having Lee in here for the first time. I know you've listened for a long time to him on TSN 1200. We both have, but uh, this will be his TCA debut. Yeah, well, and I, I think he is, I think he said he owns like 50 different wrestling t-shirts. So uh, yeah, there was a couple of the CFRA News guys, when Biden was in town, asking if uh, if Biden had spotted Lee in a wrestling T-shirt out on the sidewalk somewhere <laughs> or whatever. So we'll ask we'll ask Lee about that when he's in here, man. Uh, how's the first couple pulls on the beer there? You said you needed a second or two. Yeah, okay, and and I I do take it back. It still has a little uh, like I said, it's almost like peppery at the at the tip of my tongue. It's weird, um, not quite as boozy as as I first recall, but I am missing some of that, some of the the snap or the or the crispness, right? That you would hope for. That an IPA usually stands yeah. for, right? So, Well, that's, the, I think, probably what you were driving at, right? In an IPA especially, the boozier it gets, the less of that snap, the less of that crisp it has. Yeah. It is usually the way it goes. And so, which is usually, I don't go in for a, a double dry hop usually. Uh, and that's the reason, right? Is yeah. it loses some of its true identity, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, let's talk a little baseball, man, because this I, week. I'm wearing my Jays cap today, man. Yeah. And, uh, not this week, but next week. Why don't we tease ahead just a little bit in front of the show. Dan Schulman will be back. Nice. While the Blue Jays are in Kansas City, that is their second series of the year after, uh, after being in St. Louis this weekend. Uh, Dan Schulman will join us next week from Kansas City. We'll talk all things Blue Jays with him. In the meantime, though, the Jays did announce this week that Alec Manoa will be the opening day starter. Um... There, most reporters had sort of noticed for a couple of weeks now that he was the one on turn, that if you counted five days out, five days out, five days out, he was lined up for that opening day start, but you can always, you know, Tinker. shift things if you need to. Uh, and the only other guy in the mix would have been Kevin Gosman, who had a great year last year yep. and statistically maybe was the most unlucky pitcher in modern history, just with... Can we please not shift? That was... Right. That was sort of his deal, right? It was every time somebody would pop something up, it would be where a guy could have been standing but wasn't. Uh, so um, he would have been the only guy in the mix with Alec Manoa. But, you know, as the season gets ready to start on Thursday afternoon, you good with, with Manoa getting the start? Well, I think he's the choice. I think he's the guy. He's a tone setter. I watched uh, large chunks of the Friday game. He got up to almost 80 pitches, yeah. pitched into the seventh, I think. Um, a couple of nice Friday night or evening games on a weekend or yeah. spring training kind of nice. I just, I, I think he's the guy with that sort of Dave Steve bulldog mentality, right? That that's the guy I want on opening day. He's already up. Like I said, he's already up to around 80. Let him go in the Cardinals. No joke. Right. And so. No, probably favored to win that division right now. Wainwright is not going to 
start. Like he's gone on to the the DL. There's been a bunch of injuries. Some of them coming out at the WBC, but he's a guy they're going to miss um, it's true. on opening day. But yeah, I I wouldn't have been upset had they gone with Gosman. And there are those out there who have sort of looked at the underlying numbers from last year and suggested that Gosman might be a better bet this year for a Cy Young than than Manoa. Um, the arseholes over at Barstool have said that Alec Manoa is probably too fat to be able to continue to pitch with the, the pitch clock now, right? Being set on a pace, uh, Alec Manoa sort of posted the the laughing emoji when he saw the video. And, and we'll see how, I think a lot of guys are going to be impacted one way or another for better or worse, right? But I'm not super worried about that. But this also puts Manoa on turn for the home opener, which is not always the way it works out, right? right. The Jays are on yep. uh, a 10-game road yeah, trip to they... start. Part of that is, you know, guarding against, had anything gone wrong with the renovations at yep. the Dome, you needed the extra time. So they're going to St. Louis, Kansas City, Anaheim before coming back to Toronto. And it looks like Manoa will get the start there as well. And I, I get it, right? He was a Cy Young nominee last year, and he's yeah. your guy, right? He's a drafted guy. He's not a free agent. You drafted, you developed him. You know, I think the season he had last year, even if you do expect that Gosman might have a better year this year, I think you reward that guy for what he did last year and, and give him the start this year, being Alec Manoa, right? If he I, gives me 85% of what he was, 90% of what he was yeah, last yeah. year, yeah. I'm not even asking him to do more. If if he comes close to replicating what he did last year, yeah, I'm happy with that. And if Gosman can, as you say, with the, with the ban on the shift and, and mm-hmm. all these sorts of things, if he can have a better year, Awesome. You throw Bassett in that three spot. And if you look at the last couple of starts for Barrios and Kikuchi. Yep. Pretty encouraging. I don't know, man. I, I, I am, I'm fired up. It's interesting because I think you and I both agree that you typically throw out spring training results. Oh, for sure. But you'd rather see them be good than bad, right? Like they're, they're not worth much, but there were something and... The fact that they both have wrapped up spring looking good is far better than you going into the season going, oh, Jesus. What am I going to see? Know. Right. Yeah. So I, I think it's important that, especially for Burrios, right? Like, I don't know what Kikuchi's going to do. Mitch White's going to be hurt here coming in. There's yep. not a whole lot of depth in the rotation behind them. But Burrios is a number four guy. He's a linchpin, He's right? He's an expensive and four guy. I know you uh, you and I are both big fans of what Arden's Welling brings when he comes on. I love and, the guy. And his, yeah. And he sort of disagreed with me a little bit when I said that I thought he was sort of a turning point, right? Or Barrios could be a linchpin. He said, well, he's your number four. He's not. And that was my whole point though, right? And you don't get bogged down on these things when you're bothering people like Arden for their time. But <laughs> well, my point. I was, know, I get it. Yeah. My point was, yeah, but if, if, if Jose Barrios is killer as your number four, you have the best rotation in baseball. If he sputters again, well, now you're only three deep and it's, you're still fine. You got 60% of a rotation. Right. So it'll be interesting to see, man. I, 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 I'm curious, um, to see what this is going to look like. Barrios didn't look good at the The WBC. Right. But you know, that was pitching to a different catcher under a different staff. You can make excuses. Maybe he just stunk. Like, I I don't know. He didn't have the red jerseys. Sure. (laughs) Seem to love those Which last we all year. Love. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't love them. I know most people don't, but he seems to. Yeah, uh, whatever that's about. Um, and I'll be super interested to when you when you get the little nuggets that aren't the same 
shit that gets shoveled and, and parroted all over the place. Yeah. Uh, when Gosman was talking about, and I believe we touched on this either last week or the week before, the guy who gets the pitch behind Bassett, right, in mm-hmm. terms of of how much it, it affects- He's got like eight pitches. Your rhythm and, and that sort of thing. And Gosman was saying, yeah, whoever in this lineup, in this rotation gets the pitch behind Bassett yeah. is going to have a, a bumper year. And so if you do go with Bassett in that three spot in the rotation yeah. and Barrios is the benefactor- of being in that four hole, it mm-hmm. can only enhance what is good stuff already, just needing to be tweaked. Yeah. No, I, it's, I feel good. I, I, I don't expect Barrios, even if he doesn't bounce back to 2021 Barrios, he's better than 2022 Barrios. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For so. sure. And it's one of those things when you look at it in hockey, you look at guys who have those crazy you know, I'm scoring it at 22%. Right. Shooting right? percentage. And yeah. then the next year you go, but I'm an 8% now. And you go, yeah, you'd hope somewhere it would end up in the 13 or sure. whatever range. Right. And so you would hope Barrios would be closer to 2021. Yeah. I think you will. And yeah. so, yeah. And, and if that's the case, man, this is, this looks good. It's, uh, it's intra. Were you going to move off the Jays? No. Okay. Go ahead. I was just going to ask you as we move into opening day. You know, we've talked before at the beginning of baseball season every year, everybody's fired up, right? Everybody's excited. I'm fired up. And sometimes as the season drags on, even if your team's doing okay, it's every day. It's sometimes three and a half hours. Now that part, the length of the game is going to be brought back under control. Um, You know, it sounds like you're fired up. I was going to ask what your, Uh where your level of anticipation is. Are you itching for opening day or just kind of we'll see what this looks like? Where you at, man? And I've said it a bunch. I'm a Jays fan, not a baseball fan. Right. Really is what it comes down to. So Did I, you watch on Sunday, last Sunday, the, the WBC final? Yeah. I, I, or sorry, I guess that was Tuesday. That was a, it was a semis. Was the Americans and the Cubans on Sunday night? Yeah, and that it turned out to be a blowout. I was, I was excited I, for that. I was going to text you because we talked about it on the show and I'm like. This stinks. WBC. Yawn. Yep. Yeah, it was just like. Uh, and now, then Monday next- was awesome. Mexico, Japan. That was a great yeah. game. And the final was killer on Tuesday. And, and so I didn't watch after I saw that it was nine zip US, I was just like, Psh. "Fuck it." But I was listening. I was I was listening to the highlights of the Mexico Japan game, yeah. And and they had that great Mex the Japanese feed, hundred percent of of the double. I believe it was yep, a double off the wall. Yeah, to to drive in the winning runs and and listening to and it's always great whether it's soccer or whatever it is to hear the to hear the international feeds, hundred percent, man. And you have. A, you have the, it sounded like three color guys shouting over the play-by-play guy yep. and yelling gibberish. And I've been to, I've been to Japan and I learned very little. Okay. But all, all <laughs> I could, all, Not yelling gibberish, yelling what we don't understand. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> May but, have made great sense. But, but there are, you know, the things you're picking up are WBC, yes. you're picking up the name, you're picking up, but all I could hear was, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Japanese, not gibberish. <laughs> but just to my untrained of course. ignorant ear. We have no idea what they're saying. And, but all you could hear halfway through it was one guy going, Sayonara! Sayonara! <laughs> it's just so it's, so, it's uh it was awesome. Et la partie. Yeah. What was the Bonsoir Et la partie. Exactly. Circuit. Gibberish. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and so it's uh, that was a good hold on the on the bonsoir. I thought so too, man. Um, you were bringing it. 
So it was, yeah, as you had said last Sunday, and it sort of played out through the week, mm-hmm. very similar in, in that yeah, people were fired up. People were, I was not. Right. Um, and, and that's really watching that Canada GB game from a couple of weeks ago where I was like, holy Christ, this is the it worst. Was bad. This is the worst baseball I've ever seen. <laughs> and you're playing in front of 9,000 people. Who in a 50,000 seat stadium. Yeah, who are like, hey, when, when do the Mexicans come on? <laughs> and you're like, I don't know, man. There's people with sombreros. It's, it, like shit was happening. I think they were up next. Yeah. And so you're just like, ah, oh, nobody cares about GB in Canada in, in Arizona. Arizona. So you're like, I, I didn't really, I didn't buy into okay. it at all. I was not bit by the bug. But uh, uh, this, this one seemed to build for me, man. And we talked, we had. For uh, everybody but yeah, me. Yeah. For everyone but you, man. It's, uh, it's like a high school party. It's. Um, we had on episode 1086, Andrew Soten and his co-host from the Blue Jays Happy Hour podcast, Nick Ashbourne, and we talked quite a bit about it. And this one seemed, for all three of us, early on, like, yeah, we'll see how it goes, sort of. Ha- and it just kept building and building and getting better. And it could not have climaxed any bigger than with Otani versus Trout in the bottom of the ninth inning for the win. You know, two Anaheim Angels legends who've never had a chance to play in a important game in their goddamn lives playing for that. Likely still won't. Right. Organization. And it just was fantastic. And you talk about that Japanese broadcaster. We opened that show with his call of that moment. And I, to this moment, don't know what it means, but the clip comes in with him going, Otanika, Trotika, ka must mean set or ready or something right before he delivers, but he's setting this thing and you're hearing it in that accent and it's, it's fantastic. And the emotion, which I'm sure you've heard that clip either on the radio since, when Otani strikes him out, yep. that's their biggest sport in Japan, yep. right? Is baseball. Well, and sure. you've just beaten the Americans, no matter what kind of roster they trotted out there and it was star studded in the lineup. It was their yeah. pitching staff that let them down. That was huge for those guys. And so I, I just, my opinion on the WBC absolutely shifted as it moved along through spring trip. Cause I was down on the, the pitch count. I was down on, you know, it, it just, it's spring. We're not really ready for big time baseball, but it kept building and building and it could not have, you know, built to any bigger than USA Japan in the final and then in the bottom of the ninth inning Shohei Otani and Mike Trout it felt special I I felt Uh, and and again you're not alone yeah and and they were saying I think like 60% or 70% of of Japanese Japanese people were watching and that's a country of 125 million people like if if you think like they accredited 2,000 media members from around the world for that final yeah that's well, and, and, and so that's a small OHL game of just media types. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, and there's just, there's so much that goes into that, that you could drive off of this. Like if you look at the fans, whether it's, you know, Ichiro or any of these guys who have come over here and Daisuke, Matsusaka, yeah, and, ben, Darvish, and, yeah. and Ben stars there, they are pre Otani, yeah. right? They are huge, 100%. huge superstars in their homeland. Right. And so. It's, um, 
it, it only speaks well. And, and you've seen it in hockey, right? You saw McDavid talking about, hey, man, this is what we're asking yep. for, right? It doesn't have the worldwide pull that, that baseball does. Yeah. But baseball yeah. is also not soccer. No. Right? It's or not. basketball. When you saw the Czechs playing the Japanese, these are... Like, and I'm not exaggerating, I'm not making fun, literally electricians and plumbers from the Czech Republic playing against Team Japan, maybe the best team in the world. Well, right now, clearly the, the best, best team, team in, in the, the world. world, right? It's wild. And so I don't know how many people watched in the Czech Republic. I don't know how many people watched in England when Great Britain was playing, but it's a starting place. And we got to where we should get. It's It was every bit a Canada-Russia hockey final. Yep. Right? Like it that's Japan USA is as big as it can possibly get and you had two of the very biggest stars in the sport finish it off. It it couldn't have gone better, man. It was, well, and I think the Americans are they're the they're the great evil, right? In terms of, of in almost anything. They, and everyone, they they play, yeah. If you had if you weren't American Joe Biden ripping the fucking Leafs, man. Fuck you. Not a boy Joe, you've come up in my in my regard. Um yeah, it's it's sort of you the Japanese and I called it before the semis. I'm like, yeah, the Japanese are my team. I didn't think they're like I, I didn't, but I fully they are the guys who you go. Yeah, I want to put my support there. Yeah, right. If you have no dog in the fight, they're the guys. Yep. Um, but doubling back to the Jays, I was telling you prior to in the green room, I was alluding to the fact that I was reading an article in the Score about mm-hmm. top five lineups in MLB, and so. I'm used to, you know, the Jays getting snubbed and all kinds of <laughs> they gotta things. They got to be top three. Yeah. So I was, I was wondering if you had any, any thoughts on who the top five lineups, we're talking about just offense, just offensive batting orders. Dodgers. Dodgers not in the top five. Really? Oh, I think we may revisit that in a few months. Okay. Yep. I didn't write the article no, just I know, for the record. I, know. I just read it. Padres. Padres number one. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've said this for a couple of years. They've become like my late night team. If I'm up doing something or editing or whatever, the Padres is the game I want to put on in the studio. Just, uh, I got a couple things here. We're going to get to that mention the Padres as well. They are very much in the, uh, Jays four or five Jays number two. Really? See, I don't have them that high. They're, they're loving, they're loving the changes and the balance that comes yeah. with the, with the changes. Yeah. And, and, the lineup that they had, so they were they, they provided the lineup for all sure. all five They're teams. They're projected lineup. They're projected. So yeah, yep. they had Springer, they had Bichette, they had Guerrero. Vladdy, one, two, three. Yeah. And then they had Belt in the I think that's what's gonna happen, yeah. And then they followed that with, with Varsho. Okay. No, no, See, no, no, sorry, Kirk, Kirk probably. Kirk, then Varsho. Yeah. Lefty, righty, lefty. And so then you're looking at Chapman, yep. they had Whit Merrifield. Yeah, there's going to be a... Followed by Kiermaier in yeah. the nine. And so if I can put Merrifield or Biggio or Espinal, whatever that's going to look yeah, like in that... That'll be a, a tandem situation. If you have Chapman in your seven... Seven hole. I, I love the look he's of that. He's had a rough spring though, eh? I think yeah. he'll be okay, especially knowing like if he's fucking around. And he said, he said, I'm trying to change some things. If it's not working, he's an unrestricted free agent this coming winter. Yep. He'll change it. Right. He needs his numbers to be high. He'll go back to yeah. whatever he was if doing. If I want twenty million again, right? This is what so, I need to do. But I, yeah, I, I, I sort of project that out, and the people I've read say the same thing. That that top three of George and Bo and and Vladdy 
is not likely to change. If Belt looks anything like 2021, 2020, Brendan Belt, instead of 2022, like if he's come off that knee injury and he's feeling good, him in that four spot makes sense. Now that pushes Kirk into five. Yeah, Varsho into six. And then you've got uh, Chapman, probably Jansen, and then Kiermaier, you know, rounding things out or and your second baseman in there somewhere. I like the lineup, right? There's going to be some extra pace on the bases, right? Everybody's going to be able to steal a little more freely right. than they could before, but the Jays have set themselves up with some speed and with some guys with, um, you know, good instincts, even if they don't have great speed. Well, not as dependent on the long ball too, right. I think, which is, which is important and not as predictable with the, with the righty heavy lineup. Right? Yeah. One of the things that I've asked each of our Blue Jays guests so far who've been on it, and I will ask Dan Schulman next week, and I will ask Rob right now. (laughs) The Blue Jays are definitely different than a year ago. Do you feel like they're better and more prepared for, you know, what a season should look like and how you do things? There's been an emphasis on defense. There's been an emphasis on base running. Are you more confident in this team than you were in last year's team? I am. Yeah. I am, and I am for a bunch of reasons, and I said it at the end. I said it on that wrap-up show after the debacle. Yeah, a couple of depressed guys just sitting there. Yeah, but, but it, was this, it was the idea of, of, of being susceptible to, to, the, to the left-handed yep. issue. And I think when you, when you become, again, dependent on the long ball, right. it's, it's a boom or bust business. And and I like the idea of the ability to play a little bit of a bit more hit and run, a bit more speed, a bit more move them over, a bit more traditional. Yeah, be aggressive, keep the pressure on. And if you can inject a little of that traditional NL baseball in into mm-hmm. it, and be better defensively, and I think if you can remove, I, I think the Hernandez and Guriel subtractions, while good guys and yeah. everything, I think it also takes away a bit of that. High school locker room mentality. Yeah, they're not doing the the Jackario deal. I, there's and, a bit of a. I think you're right, but I think it puts some pressure on these guys who were calling out for it to be more serious, right? Who, okay, if that was the problem, then you better deliver now, right? Like those distractions have been removed. You've brought in some profet, like by all accounts, Kevin Kiermeyer as a vet is still out there every week or every day doing all those little things, right? Yeah. You know, showing how it should go. I think there is a bit of pressure on your Chapmans and your, you know, your your more traditional players to say, okay, we've, that excuse is gone. If you thought it was one, you better produce now. Right. So. And I'm sure Merrifield was in there and I'm sure yep. Springer is, yep. par- is, 100%. is part of that, right? Agreed. In terms of guys who look around and go, yeah, all right, I get it, right? You got the fun-loving kids and, yep. and sooner or later when what that, it, that front-facing, the exterior that says... Yeah, we're just fun loving and yeah. we're just, and you're like, yeah, but that can be if you're winning 10-4. Right. If you're losing 9-7, it comes across as you're not serious enough, right? right. It, it's that fine line. And, and if you're going to win and you can sort of do it playing beer league baseball, <laughs> then everyone loves it, right? Because chicks love the long ball. But if you don't, then it comes across as, I don't know, are you really dedicated? So that will be interesting to see, but I do like the changes. I do too. And I do like what the rotation Still looks like. Still a bit worried about the pen. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's legit. Yeah. And we'll see what happens. Not a lot of swing and miss still. Eric Swanson 
Maybe, right? And we'll see, like, Jimmy Garcia's been throwing a bit more gas, and they're saying, like, don't underestimate the fact that he's not going to have to come in in the sixth for a, what you know, you can have Swanson do that, and Jimmy can throw. Yep. Jimmy's getting upset, right? He's, <laughs> he can do what he needs to do a little later on and have a little more in the tank because you're not using him quite so often. Uh, we'll see. But most playoff teams still have that one, at least, just straight gas. It's fine to pitch to, to contact. Um, you look at even when, when you look, no one's on base, but right. you need someone who can come in from the pen. Bases are loaded with two. Who I need a strikeout right now, and you know Simber's not that guy. I'm. We'll see if Swanson's that guy. Uh, I uh, Tim Mesa kind of throwing low nineties, maybe as your only lefty. Yeah. I feel like again, man, we're gonna get to the trade deadline. Going fix the pen. Yep, fix the pen. And now. If it comes down to it, and when, what's his name, the guy who they signed who's out till All-Star Game? Green, Chad Green. Green Chad Green. Uh, we'll see what he comes back with. Yeah. Uh, and if they have to make another addition, if that is the addition. It's a big one. Yeah, no, uh, it, for sure it is. Yeah. And, and it'll be coveted. But if you look at it, like Baltimore had three guys last year that they were peddling off. and They just found off the trash heap and suddenly turned into... Big time bullpen contributors. Yeah. And if you can find those guys and they're out there, right? They are. If the guys who get flipped out and go former middling starter yep. and you go, now instead of me trying to pitch four pitches, I'm down to two. What you doing, Nate Pearson? You yeah. gonna do that right, man? Uh, well, this is it, right? <laughs> and you go, if I can do this, then those will be out there. And so if Green comes back and we'll see what that looks like, he's not any younger. No. But if you can add him and if you can add another arm. I like I like the the depth off the bench already in terms of the rotate of the yep. of the of the lineup. Yep, I am bullish. It sounds like man. optimistic, Matt. All right, which we all know is is my I lean that way. That's right. Uh, I have in front of me, as we've seen in a few different sports, we talk about this pretty often in hockey. But Forbes put out their list. Did a you fr- see this this week? Uh, no franchise values. Franchise values in baseball. I have I the top five most valuable baseball teams. New York Yankees. Number one. Yes. Wanna, uh, you want to take a stab? Uh, it's, Los Angeles Dodgers. No, I just, before oh. we move on at what the Yankees, Forbes says are worth. Oof. Uh, Go I'm, higher than you're assuming. Seven billion. It is $7.1 billion. Okay, look at yeah. that. I was going off of NFL, yeah. you know, like Cowboys and. The Yankees right there with the Cowboys is like the most valuable Properties in North American sports, okay. right? So, um, so are the Dodgers in the top five? Dodgers are number two. Okay, now, four point eight billion dollars. Really, that big a drop? Yeah, eh? yeah. Like that's okay. Um, how about are we talking big market? Yeah. Chicago White Sox. Cross down. Chicago Cubs. The Cubs for ah, sure. See, they, love, they love the Wrigley Field. How about the Red Sox? Four point one billion dollars for the Cubs. The Red Sox, $4.5 billion. That's the top four? Yep. So I'm missing five? You're missing the, the last one on uh, in the top five. San Francisco Giants. That he's, was San Francisco. No, I have not. It's $3.8 billion. San Francisco Giants as the, uh, the well, fifth. But who else would it be, really, in terms of, I was staying away from your Midwestern. Yeah. I said White Sox. Astros have been great lately. Maybe they could have crept uh, in there. Well, and that's a, that's like the third largest TV market yep. or fourth largest, yep. whatever it is. So that would have been a and maybe the Mets, knowing what they've done <laughs> lately, right, with the new yep. ownership. Yeah, no, I get it, but no, probably not. Okay, in 2022, 
top five most profitable teams. So forget franchise value. Who made the most money in 2022? 2020. Okay. Made the most money? Yeah. I don't know. The Mariners made $83 million in 2022. That is your most profitable team. And does that have to do with the payroll? Like the pay, Is it well, payroll? They're pretty good, versus, right? They managed yeah, no, to stomp I, us. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I know, but... Yeah, the, I'm not the payroll sure. still wouldn't I, I, not have been, despite paying all that money to Rob. There's some Ray. things here, and we're going to move on in a few minutes to least profitable or biggest losses. There's some things here that, that set yeah, off some nice. alarm bells. Uh, Giants are number two most profitable team. Really? At $74.9 million. So, you know, they're, as you've said, like a good market that's always competitive. Red Sox are number three. At seventy one point six million dollars, they were they were, they were they, bad. They had, a, they had a bad season. Orioles at sixty four million dollars in get, profit. Stop. Okay, okay, hold on though. The Orioles didn't spend shit last year, right? Okay, and it is right. a pretty traditional baseball market. Fourteen people went to see them, and eleven of them were wearing Blue Jays gear. <laughs> Here's the one, man. This is the one that blows your fucking mind, or maybe shouldn't. Number five most profitable team: Pittsburgh Pirates. Oakland A's. Wow. $62.8 million in profit. And this is what makes players in the PA crazy. This is what makes big market teams that are paying into revenue sharing crazy. The A's spent like $38 on salary in 2022 and kept everything else, right? The TV deals are sweet. The revenue sharing is sweet. The streaming deals are sweet. The A's are making money. And they're just not fucking spending it. And that's what makes people crazy. Well, that's what, so you have, if you look at it right there in the top five, you have the A's and the Orioles. Yep. Like those are two franchises and you throw the, you want to throw traditionally KC in there. Yeah. Now they've had some, they've won a world series. They've done things, but traditionally that's a market that goes, and Pittsburgh. But the Orioles historically are a good, a good market. Right, like if you give them a reason to show up, yeah, yeah, but but the ownership is yeah, the it, Angelos family has is said, maybe in, has maybe said, fuck out. it. I don't yeah. know, man. For the most part, they're like, ah, eh, I'm okay to go. I don't care what happens here, right? They, they've seemed very content at the drop of a hat if things aren't going well to just go forget. It, I don't care, and I'll take the money. Yeah, and so that means two of those five are sort of low spending. Just taking their money and keeping it. And because like baseball, like we talk, we used to talk quite a bit about the NFL. Before selling a single ticket, making NFL money. teams were making money on their TV yep. deal. Baseball has gotten increasingly, like their regional deals have gotten better and better. And it's their streaming service. They, they call it BAM, right? Baseball, advanced media, whatever it is. And... The things that they're doing, like their streaming service is fantastic and everybody's making money off that too. Like, so again, baseball is a more attendance driven league than the NFL, Yep. but it doesn't have to be by a ton. If you're like the A's, if you're not going to spend any money, you're still bringing in a bunch. But they are also of all the, of all the leagues, I think they are the ones where it's so diversified, right? It's actually, it's driven by local Oh, yeah. Media deals, right? I, th- I think all the rest of them sort of look at large league-wide deals. Yep. Whereas baseball, because of the volume of games. Yeah, there's so much content, right, that you have to offload. 162 games, it's a lot, right? And right. 
if you don't have it, it can go both ways. We've talked about sports now. What do they have in the summer if they don't have the blue? Watch TSN and find out, right? Like TSN in the summer, not much going on, they right? Pro, pro bowling. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, man. That's how that shakes loose. What do you think you are? I am. See that? <laughs> nice, Matt. Every summer. Right there on it. Um, I was disappointed I didn't have it faster. Took a second for this computer to fire back up. Okay, well. I got the top five biggest losses in 2022. Most financial losses. Arizona Diamondbacks. No. No. Um, I assume they just weren't spending anything on salary, so they were doing fine. Uh, let's wait. Give me another one more, one more crack at yeah, this, yeah. and we'll go with any of the top five. Ah, uh, well, that was my first go-to, yeah. and, I, and I've come up empty, so I, I'm feeling. How about Pittsburgh Pirates? Nope. Again, not uh, spending anything on. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. Um, Texas Rangers. Nope. Who's Miami? Who, no, nope, no. Oh. Who's spending? Uh, New York Mets. The New York Mets are the biggest losers in I, I called it out when yeah. you first said it, but then, I, then went away from it. Yeah. The New York Mets have an owner who just does not care. He is $140 million in the hole in 2022. I got me some big dick energy. Could not care less. And went out this offseason kept spending, right? Yeah. Kept bringing in pieces, brought in Verlander, brought back their center fielder. This is a team that is just like, yeah, fuck, whatever. $138 million in the red last year. Brought back their closer, but not anytime soon. I meant their center fielder, but yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. No. Edwin Diaz, yeah, hurt at the World Baseball Classic. and Jumping up and down. Yeah. Oh! In, in his celebration. <laughs> the, yeah. pa- the Padres are number two. Oh, but they've spent a shit ton of money. That's so what I'm to, saying. Okay, so are all top five big money spenders? No, I wouldn't okay. say that. So, but those two guys, like the Padres, I think of as... Well, the interesting thing here, man, the Padres lost $55 million. So, so the Mets where, lost the two Ma- and a half times, $138 million. Wow. <laughs> Can you imagine having so much money that you, you don't just don't shit? care that you're just pissing away $140 million a year. Padres, though... I, I said a little while ago, man, one of my favorite teams to watch because it is a reasonably small market team that's just like, we're fucking going uh, for it. I was going to say right? small market. Yeah. And you, and they you brought have- in Soto, right? They they keep bringing pieces in. Uh, Xander Bogarts ended up there this offseason. It's, man, they're they're all in and they they see a window to contend. And so- fit- How's that going so far? Well, Did they not it's finish, tough, like, man. When you're, yeah, well, when you're in- No, not 30, but- when you're in a were division with back? the Giants, I, I don't have the standings. I think they were. They went for it, and I like that. And uh, But that is a team, Ottawa Senators, take note. <laughs> if you're going to be in, in, a, in a state with the Giants, with the Dodgers, and in the same division yeah. as the Dodgers, yeah, you got to spend. you got to make noise because you are not your fucking brown jerseys or whatever it is you're wearing. You're not attracting anybody. I love the 78 degrees, 365. That's awesome. But who else is going there? Yeah, I'm pretty familiar with not attracting anybody. Uh, the Chicago White Sox. Is that number you personally? Th- yeah, exactly. The White <laughs> Come Sox. Come on, Matt. You, my friend. This was deep, a team. Hold- deep, sonorous voice, knowledgeable, all-around good guy. Yeah. All not right. super handsome, but. Saw <laughs> <laughs> thing. Are you familiar with how Tinder works? Uh, swipe right, swipe left. Yeah. It just, you keep moving through photos and bios keep coming up in front of you. You swipe right, 
if you like it, you swipe left. If you don't, okay, then, yep. saw a tweet last week that was just like Tinder, but for grown men who are just looking for someone to throw a baseball around for 20 or 30 minutes in the park. <laughs> Chicago White Sox are in the number three biggest losses. Remember, we had high expectations for the White Sox last year, and it just didn't pan out. And so by halfway through the season, people weren't showing up anymore. Yeah, the big hurt, man. That's what you call this budget line. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Blue Blue Jays at number four. Biggest losses. Really? So I texted our friend Mike Wilner. said, what do you make of this? Right. What were crowds like at the beginning of the season? It's, it's good, fun. man. Remember, oh, okay. People were excited because it was the first full season okay, back. Yeah, so we right? were full crowds from the yeah. beginning. Yeah. And, and he said, and it's a fair point, the Jays have never properly reported their TV deal because both Sportsnet and the Jays owned by Rogers were taking money out of one pocket, putting it in the other. Right. It. He goes, I wouldn't read too much into it. And I said, like, is it alarming to you at all? Like, would Rogers not want to sell it as a success? It's your first full year back in Canada after the split year in 2021 and the half year on the road down in the U.S. in 2020. He said, I, I, I think for their accounting, it's probably worth it to them to just go, no, it's still a loss. But yeah, the, like it was good crowds, great TV yeah. numbers. But like, again, with everything, with everything. And it was a good team all year. Yeah, with everything pandemic-wise, but the the – the numbers weren't the offensive numbers. Like the lineup wasn't. No, they didn't blow people out offensively. As good as we had expected. That's like, right. And a lot you of remember that... the home opener. Yeah. When oh you were God. like, Phew. they're down whatever it was, eight two or something stupid. To Texas, I think it was Texas. And they right? come back. I don't remember honestly. Yeah. Well, where did uh, buddy that used to play second base for us, Marcus Simeon? Simeon went. It was he a was Rangers, a Texas right? Ranger. Yeah, that's who. That's who it was then. So you sit there and you, and. It it still looked to me like it should because they were good all year, right? And it I for whatever reason I wonder for their own books if it's just easier to sell it as no, it's still it's a loss. Well, and, if if you own the team, they're to be commended, right? They've spent in oh, recent 100%. years one hundred percent. Yeah, but if you are if you own the team, what do I have to pay for rights for broadcast rights if I own the team? Yeah, literally nothing. Well, and so and all I'm saying is if you open it up to bidding and TSN comes in at whatever, $1 over, over at the league average, you still have to then come up and pay. Yeah. So you just, you just, they just don't even open it up to bidding. So, so this is what I'm wondering is if, if that's what it comes down to. And maybe that's what that's you were a, saying. It's a huge part of it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that I own the team. So I, the money that. I nor- give them $1 for yeah, the broadcast. Yeah, this is it. That, that a normal. $33 million loss. Right. That a normal franchise would go, hey man, I am getting. A hundred million from local broadcasting. Right. Now I'm getting, as you suggest, one dollar. A dollar. Yeah. But there's a ninety-nine million dollar loss right off the hop. Okay. And the Minnesota Twins were the fifth. Uh, uh, and you know what? Biggest I, I was going to say, but they, you know, they sort of. I blame Sean Donaldson, or he was at the Yankees last year. Yeah, I wouldn't blame him. And his name is Josh, not Sean, but uh, Sean Donaldson. <laughs> Sean Donovan. Sean Donaldson. (laughs) I don't know. Totally different guy. Anyways. They were paying Carlos Correa for his one year of service before he became (laughs) a a, a free agent for a third of the league in the off season. That was fascinating too. But just interesting, man. All these numbers can be tweaked, right? That, That Blue Jays number to me makes me take the whole list and go, okay, some creative accounting here can 
alter things? Do we want to have a, uh, a Is profit Jack Adams this year? involved with this? We wanna, <laughs> right. All of that stuff, man. So Yeah. We actually only have 25,000 seats in the stadium, not 43 or vice versa. Creative bookkeeping is, yeah. uh, is and, fascinating. And so... Did you see last week the Sunshine List came out? Which uh, is uh, the Ontario government releases its list of anyone uh, okay. working for the public sector yeah, so making I, over $100,000. Yeah, so we see it in the in Ottawa. In, in, yeah, no, I did not see that. So it came out last week and it comes out every year. Um, and like I said- But 100 grand ain't what 100 grand used to be. Well, I'm glad you said that because this is what I put out on Twitter, right? Is how did anyone, this thing started in 1996 under Mike Harris. Yeah. How did anyone at the time not think, hey, we better tie this fucking thing to inflation? Yeah. Because it is, as it was then, just straight up hundred grand. If you make $100,000 a year, even if yeah. you don't make that in salary, maybe you haven't bonuses or leftover whatever days, you know, vacation days or whatever that you didn't use, it counts. Yeah. $100,000 in 1996 mm-hmm. is the same as making $185,000 in 2023. Yeah. They are not the same yeah. thing. This is a, I kind of, in principle- I like the idea, right? The public deserves to know yep. what public servants are making. Maybe not all of them. Like, I don't know if the... Do you know what the average the average Canadian salary is? No, I don't. Yeah, it's about $47,000. Right. So uh, while I agree with you, and I and I said it myself, 100 grand isn't 100 grand right. like it was in 96. Um, yeah, when the average Canadian is making less than 50... They're it's, looking at they're looking at public civil servants making uh, making double that, and they're going, "The fuck is that guy doing?" Right. You said it. You moist seat whatever you seat moistener. You, you seat you municipal moistener. seat moistener. Yeah, and so like every year, <laughs> and, and again in the late nineties, early two thousands, the Ottawa municipal list is dominated by police officers and Still bus is. drivers. This year, forty eight percent was uh, first responders, cops, fire department. And, and, and uh, that's, paramedics. that's big fat overtime for those guys. And they guys. said a huge part of it was overtime. Yeah. Yeah. And so like I have a, I had a, well, my cousin who will not be <laughs> named here, um, who works for the municipal bus system. Sure. Um, who makes. Show up on time, you asshole. Yeah. Oh, it is a family thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Although, yeah. He, so, but the one year, man, he made, he made at least 30 grand more than me. I'm like, how is that happening? And he's like, yeah, I work any double I want. I want to work a double shift. They, they are so far behind. Right. I just work and I'm like, seriously, I could use some of that. But <laughs> it, it doesn't happen for me, right? I am not one of those people that overtime is ready and available sure. whenever I want it. But no. yeah, it's, it's crazy. You got bus drivers making over a hundred grand from working picking up shifts that nobody else wants to work. Yeah. I, like to me, I look at this list and in principle, I like the idea, as I said, right? So the, what number would you put it at? I, I, I would have tied it to inflation because- 185, I'm like, okay. if I find a bus driver making more than 185,000 right. no, But isn't that the point? Leave the bus drivers alone. We're trying to keep an eye on people under the public eye or under the, you know, serving as public servants who are making more than they should, right? That's the point of this list, in my opinion, right? Is to give you an idea of the idea that it's going to come out 
stops people from getting ridiculously overpaid. I don't ha- I don't like the fact that in Toronto right now, if you wanted to buy a two bedroom condo to be approved for a mortgage, you have to be making like $160,000 a year and be capable right now of laying down a 20%, you know, oh, down our, payment. That's our boy, Maddie Lang. No problems. If you don't have that, right, if you're making $100,000 in 2023, if you can't afford to buy a two-bedroom condo, what is everybody getting up in your business about your salary for? I just think $100,000 isn't the same as what it was, and it's worth it. The public should know if someone is riding high on the horse who doesn't deserve it, but I'm not sure that's the same as it was 20 years ago. That's all I'm saying. I I 100% agree. Yeah. Right. As you move forward. Yeah. It it, it isn't the same. And so. How do you not notice that when you're laying this out and go, this has to increase year by year? Well, because for the vast majority of people and and, um, whatever that is, 60, 70%, whatever the vast majority is, a hundred grand. Good living, man. It is fat. Yeah. Living. But it's not as fat as it was. It it, it clearly is not. When, when my first home cost $80,000. And is now selling for four fifty, right? Right, of course, man. And that's in twenty five years. Yeah. And so, I think I, the I, list I no is a good idea. That house, no. and I never sold it for anything close to that. <laughs> but I wish I did. Yeah, I like the idea. I'd rather now maybe either tie it to inflation or switch. So is one hundred eighty five the number for you? I guess. Wow, it's fucking high, man. But that's the point. Don't I, get in everybody's business. Who's <laughs> just. Like if, uh, but it's still to me, don't you think? I know. I, 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 I 100% agree with you. And as somebody who works for the municipal government, yeah. I am not making a hundred grand. Right. I wouldn't be spending my Sundays here trying to earn, <laughs> earn extra dollars here on TCA if that was the Keep case. trying. Yeah. Free beer is really what I'm looking for. And yeah. it's been meager at it best. Has, right? it has. Not that Step fat up. living Matt's got over there. Um, but yeah. He doesn't mean that Matt's living fat. He just means fat Matt (laughs) living. No, that's not what he means. Sonorous, deep voiced Matt. Mm. He's Mm. super smart and kind. He's a good guy, Matt. Well, that's true. I do. Matt is a good guy. It just, to me, feels like (laughs) what in 1996 was a reasonable look at people who were riding pretty high on the hog is now just intrusive for the sake of intrusive on people who yep. in some cities can't even afford to buy a home. Yep. Uh, well, see, in a, in a hundred grand, yeah, to me, it's stupid. Yeah. And short of it being- It had to go up. Whether it's tied to inflation or some other escalator, yeah. it, it it was stupid to think that $100,000 was going to be just a totally fine measuring stick forever. But again, 185, just if, yeah. I don't know who that is. And if that is the actual inflation- It is. Okay. That's, that's fucking crazy. Well, you got to look around, man. What did the case of beer cost you in 96 compared to what it costs you now? Well, it's... I'm going to tell you when I, when I, <laughs> I, when I started high school, and that's when I was first getting I'm people, buying cases. Of no, but it was getting people to buy 12. Black I, ice. It was almost, yeah, I know still, I could get 12 Molson Canadian yeah. for 13 bucks. It's a good deal, man. I, well, and so <laughs> I remember it's one of those things in my lifetime when you went more than 30 bucks for 24 beer. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And now, and now the beers I b- bring in here, you're talking about four and a half bucks a beer. Yeah. What the fuck is happening, Matt? We're getting screwed. Screwed. Like Bret Hart. 
Leave for Sage next episode, talking WrestleMania. Let's get a beer, man. All right, we got uh, and we got more stuff. We haven't even talked even a tiny bit of hockey yet. Uh, other than fucking playing? Joe Biden. He's still playing hockey? He's yeah, so some sad. of that going around. Uh, but you have, once again, brought beer. Well, I, I didn't anticipate it, but... I wasn't going to share it. But uh, but here I am, and I'm really interested in, in what it is. And so as I said to you just now, look at that. Nice. Not to be outdone. Yeah! Um, last Thursday, I was out doing some coaching. Missed out on... A, there was a bit of a family birthday party. And they were having it at the big rig. Okay. So I said to my lovely better half... Grab me one of everything. If... <laughs> Yeah, but I don't need any of the release the hounds. I don't need any of the right. milk cow stout. I don't need any of the, uh, you know, the atomic, the A-bomb or whatever that was. Alpha bomb. Alpha bomb. I said, but if you see anything else that's interesting, uh, let me know. And so she brought back a bunch of stuff. And so this, what I'm having here, and I'll, I'll be interested to let you have a pull on it first. Hmm. This is called, don't get your knickers in a twist. And it is Is that a, an instruction or the title? Yeah, it's exactly. It is a dry hopped brown ale. It is very dry hopped. Okay. And so to me, the thing is that, that makes it interesting, and I haven't had a pull on it yet, is the idea with the dry, mm-hmm. the dry in beer is the same as dry in wine, right? Yeah. It is the absence. I'll take your word for that. Yeah. Well, it's the absence of sweetness yep. is, is what dry means. Dry mad. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's, sorry. Matt, oh, here we Matt, go. <laughs> Matt is actually quite sweet. Rob is more the dry okay. of, of the two of us. Matt is the brown ale. I am the West Coast IPA. Um, but that is what that is, right? And so with the brown ale, traditionally is sort of a malt forward, sweeter yeah. kind of a lean. So the idea of a dry hopped brown ale was intriguing to me. And so I was interested in your first pull on that. And even now, a couple seconds, 20, 30 seconds after my first pull, I'm not getting anything brown ale off that. The, it's the dry hop that's coming through very strong for me. Like almost like this could also overpower, like this could be a double dry hopped IPA, right? That's overpowering anything else that's going on there for me. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. It comes in, I believe about 5.6. Right. Not super strong, but. I do get a bit of the maltiness yeah. at the very finish. Yeah. It is a little thicker, right, than a lot of IPAs, but it's, yeah, it's that dryness for sure that's coming right up front. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where you go, you fuckers, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> this is dry hopped brown. It's like the two of them, it's like a, it's like a brake torque, right? It's, sure. It's, it's this idea that the two things can't be the same, but you- Yeah, give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is it, right? And you sort of go, well, let's try it out. Yeah. Let's see what we can do. So dry hopped brown ale from Big Rig right here in town. Uh, right there in their town, Vancouver Canucks fans. Right in your town. Boom. About 12 years ago, decided uh, pretty upset. We lost a hockey game. I'm going to burn some stuff. I'm going to break some stuff. And, uh, is Fred Durst on the scene? You got to assume. Yes, for sure. It's just one of those days. 
Look, the Vancouver Canucks 2011 Stanley Cup riots have been well documented as of the 1994 Stanley Cup riots. ESPN's decided they're going to do a a 30 for 30. And the article I sent you, I was a little surprised. Like, they said they haven't done a ton of these. I I feel like they've done a fair number of of hockey related. Yeah. And they didn't mention... One of, was not one of the full length ones. The the guy who played E on Entourage did the Islanders one. That guy who owned the team but didn't have any fucking money. Spanos. Uh, Spanos sounds right. Um, they didn't mention that one. But look, the point is, ESPN has has decided. I remember E with the Tavares jersey when he first got his office. He had the framed Tavares yes. jersey behind him. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, as we stay on uh, on the wrestling thing, heading into WrestleMania week. Why? Uh, MJF, the world's biggest bad guy in AEW. <laughs> They're doing a show in or on Long Island, and he comes out and everybody cheers him because he's the he's, hometown. But he's guy. got a Tavares jersey. No, on? he's oh. he's the he's a bad guy, but he knows he's going to get cheered at home. Okay. CM Punk is everywhere else. He's uh, the good guy, okay. but he walks out wearing a Tavares jersey. Uh, in Long Island. No, and I'm going to get booed anyway. Fuck it, I'm leaning into this. Okay, right? was he wearing a Tavares? <laughs> Islander jersey? Leafs, Leafs. Leafs jersey. Yeah, fuck yeah, man. Okay, That's all right. I've got time for that. Yeah. Um, so they're going to do, uh, or they have wrapped recording and production on a 30 for 30 on this Canucks riot. It, actually, the title of it is I Came for the Riot. Which, yeah. Where's the riot? Which way? Which, where's where the riot at? Yeah. Um, look, I, it's an interesting story. They're going to use it to kind of frame a larger cultural thing how do people get this invested in their sports uh maybe I think is pointing bullshit. at their politicians too i i don't know um are you interested at I lo- all uh, i love a 30 for 30 yeah and and of course i am, anything that makes the canucks look bad i've got time for yeah and i am i am obviously, and they normally take care of that themselves for but. sure they are <laughs> self-loathing um but yeah we all saw the images at the time right it yeah. was on our screens Countrywide, mm-hmm. um, I do love a thirty for thirty. I think they are excellent, um, almost across the board. I rarely, yeah. you rarely see a bad one, right? Uh, so I can't wait for this to come out. But I, yeah, reading the article, it, it's interesting when they talk about how you know sports and fandom make you know what is it that makes people want to run amok, right? And. I don't even know if sports has anything to do with it other than being large numbers of people in the same place. You have people rioting in Montreal after a canceled Metallica concert, right? Like <laughs> that, like it's large numbers of people. And once one person starts to smash glass, guess what? There's a bunch of people who are just like, yeah, fuck it. All right, let's fucking do that. I, I'm going to do it. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. And you're like, and, and the more it spreads, that kind of shit is just... Is that is that mob mentality, yeah. which is not just sports related, it's it's crowd related. That's it. It's January sixth, right? You yeah. know, there was only less than five percent of the people who showed up started that, but everyone's like, "Fuck, yeah. all right, let's let's go." Right? What are we like, doing this? Yeah, and yeah, and then you, for sure, man. When when I get caught flipping over or letting a garbage on fire or whatever it is, yeah, yeah, it's it's when you go, oh. Fuck. I didn't think it was going to, I didn't think you're going to know it was me. I didn't think 300 people had cameras in their phones in 2011. Yeah. Well, in 2011, it's got to be kind of the, yeah. 
It's that flip phone camera that yeah, you have to... Yeah, Motorola Razor or <laughs> you whatever You can't identify a face in that. Yeah, the yeah. Motorola Razor. Good call, man. <laughs> That's not, not me. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> Do you think there's anything specific about Vancouver, given that it's happened twice, 94 and 2000? Or is it just, you know, a role... It could have just as easily happened... You know, Ottawa lost to Anaheim in 2007. Calgary lost. Edmonton, yeah, yep. in, in 04 and 06. Is there something about Vancouver or was it just... Toronto lost in the finals to... In 1967. Oh, <laughs> we won it. Cars were too heavy to flip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tried to lift that fucking Buick. Like, yeah. <laughs> Forget it. That, that Studebaker that is, is yeah. not flipping over. Right. Uh, but like... Montreal had a bit of a history. You mentioned the Metallica concert, obviously the, the Richard riots throwing it. Like it just Vancouver gets the knock because it happened twice. Is it just because they made it twice, or is there something about Vancouver? Do you think? No, I, I think you said it. We it was oh five oh six oh seven twenty eleven. There was four Canadian teams in a yeah in a in less than a six or seven year period. Only one, but none of them cheered for each other. No, like, but I'm Canucks saying Canucks fans wouldn't be like. Oh, this happened to the Flames. Now it's happening to us. No, what I'm saying is only one of those four Canadian cities rioted. Right. So all four lost and three of them, like Ottawa lost in five. They kind of got smashed by Anaheim. Kind of. The other two, Calgary and Edmonton, also lost in game seven. Game sevens. So to me, this is a somewhat uniquely Vancouver story, in my opinion. Yeah. It's interesting to me because I don't know what would make Vancouver so much different than other Canadian. Everybody's out there on the West Coast and you're supposed to be chill, smoking the Chiba. I'm not sure what's going on. No. And that's what makes me think it might be like coincidence is the wrong word. They're not chill out there though. No. They're supposed to be, but they're very, very not. They're not. So So. I'm not sure what the deal is, but. I'm looking forward to this, man. I'll, I'll check it out. Uh. ESPN paying attention to a Canadian city is rare enough, <laughs> and they're only paying attention to it. Are we setting shit on fire yeah, and exactly. smashing so. windows? And I always remember there, there's that scene of, of tear gas, because in the article it was interesting, one of them said, I was watching on a big screen downtown, Yeah, and the other one was watching from home, Yeah, and as as the, the one female producer or director was fleeing the downtown, young enough, right? That, yep that her dad and her brother had to come and pick her up, that they were locking down the downtown core, right? Which you kind of forget, right? That they were like, okay, the only way to get control- Are there truckers here? Have they settled this into is, our- <laughs> This is it. No, there's barbecues in the bouncy <laughs> castle over there. No, there was shit getting looted, like the big HBC downtown. Yeah, and people and, were robbing shit and knocking- And you had the tear gas going yep. off. And, yep. and then there was those two, those that young couple- who are in the middle of the intersection kissing, right? Yes. And it's like tear gas and shit everywhere. And it's like, it's a great image, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's what it, it's like, it was crazy. And so I absolutely can't wait to see what this looks like. Yeah. Uh, you wanted to talk a bit about the bolts. How about just sticking in Vancouver for all one second right. with your boy, Nathan Rourke? Yeah. All right. That's a better segue. Would you not agree? All right, you take the wheel, motherfuckers. <laughs> Set us up. <laughs> yeah, well, in terms of things that are tear gas and things on fire, the BC Lions, I think, to me, as a franchise, I'm not even sure if they have an owner now, right? And they've now lost their 
MOP quarterback, yeah. right, who wanted to be anywhere else but there, including Jacksonville. Right. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't want to go to Jacksonville? Uh, a I redneck love pro wrestling. From, yeah, a redneck fucker from Jacksonville, Mr. Fred Durst. Look, it's... Um, I'm scrolling through my fucking notes here because you... <laughs> Was it stay in BC, stay in hockey? That was the the decision that was made here. Oh, Look, so you had made a decision ahead of time. Yeah. Curtains the, pulled back, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. Yeah, no, I, I'm weaving things together here until I'm not. And uh, yeah, no, Nathan Rourke, there was a, a piece written by Three Down Nation, who covers the CFL this week, talking to members of the BC Lions management group about Nathan Rourke, who, yeah, we've talked quite a few times on the podcast lit up the CFL last year, got all kinds of attention. There was over 12 teams in the NFL who wanted to look at him. It was the Jacksonville Jaguars who signed him and promised him a chance to back up. Right. Now they have gone out since then and signed a backup quarterback. Their backup. Right. So we'll see. But what made news was Rick Campbell, actual formerly of the Ottawa Red Blacks. Love that guy. Coaching, uh, coaching staff. You now in <laughs> he said that Nathan Rourke likely would have made more money in the CFL this year because it would have been guaranteed, right? He would have played, he would have started. Whereas down in the NFL, money isn't guaranteed, right? You don't get much. They would have guaranteed him about 200 grand, I think it said, 275. 220. Okay, 220. And. He may get off the practice squad and back up, but as we've said, they've brought in another quarterback. If he plays the entire season, he makes seven fifty. Right, and he in the CFL could have pushed up close to Zach Caleros at around six hundred thousand dollars. This is interesting, man, because we've talked about this a couple times before. As a Canadian kid, like we love a Canadian quarterback in the CFL because you just never see them, right? But he's got a chance to go be in the show. And I don't know how good of a chance it is, but that would be hard to turn down as long as you're making a competent living, right? Like it sounded like he was going to go either way. But the money, I don't think it's a crazy thing to say he could have made more money in the CFL. I think it's crazy. Okay. I think Rick's out there smoking the Chiba on the, on the left coast. <laughs> Hasn't been out there for a riot yet. <laughs> yeah, no. But the thing is, what they dropped, and to me it was sort of chucked away in the article, was that Rourke still had another year of his entry-level contract, which would have paid him 85. Yeah, they would have tore that up for him. That's what they said. And so to me... They would have. Yeah, yeah. If it meant keeping him. If he came back and said, yeah, yeah. I it, got this deal in the NFL. Yep, yep. Or, or can you surpass the 220? They'd have tore up the rookie deal. Yeah, all right. But to me to say he was going to go right away to the Calero 600 grand... It's kind of like there's a bit of bait and switch there, right? In my opinion. I don't know, man. That he had a contract for 85 and they were going to rip it up. The choice is me at 550 or no me. I'll go to the NFL. I'll do whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I agree with you. I just found it interesting. And I I, I have no idea what they were willing to do. And and he was the toast of the league last year. Oh, yeah. And And rightfully so. Well, and they were, and, and crowds were coming back, right? Yep. They were, they were doing things, having concerts. They were having great halftime shows out there. The BC Lions were doing it right. Well, because they had to, right? It yeah. was It was one of those things. And so when you look at, at, he gets 750 for, and he went to Jacksonville because it was the, it was the place that was most likely. There was a path. 
that he to was going to be a backup there yep. as opposed to on the practice roster. Yep. And so, yeah, if he spends any time on the practice roster during the regular season, it's likely closer to 220 is what he's going to make. So, yep. yes, on that basis alone, he would have made more likely on a renegotiated contract in BC. Well, but I think the concept obviously is I, I'm a, I'm an elite athlete, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I want to play. I want to play in the best league possible. And I want a chance to make Mahomes money. (laughs) Now, obviously that's a crazy top of the market, but if, if top end quarterbacks are making 35 to 40. Yeah. And settle for Baker Mayfield money at this point. (laughs) You've signed the guy they signed who was their backup last year, who I got to be honest with you. Lawrence. No, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Is the starter. The starter. I the thought guy, that's who you were referring yeah, to. Yeah, no, the guy they signed, they re-signed as the back at two million bucks. Yeah. I never heard of that guy. No. It's just his, but his name still escapes me. And so I think what Nathan Rourke is saying is I can get by that guy. I want that money. Yeah. hundred percent he wants that money. And so it's not just I want to be in the best league, which it is. I also want, hey, I'm gonna hold a clipboard in, in the NFL and make 1.5 million yeah. someday. I think that is where it is. And so, yeah, I'm willing to take half the money, right? 220 USD as opposed to 450 Canadian this year. If it means in two or three years, I'm making 1.5 US do as you, a backup. Do you think there's an argument to be made? I'm curious. I'm willing to make it. <laughs> I know you are. Um, do you think there's a chance if he says, all right, I'm clearly going to be a third string again. I'm in the NFL, right? I'll be a practice squad guy, even at 250 American or whatever. I can go back to Canada for one more year. I'll re up. Like, if you want to keep me in BC, you're tearing up that rookie deal. I'm going to make 550 for one year, and then I'm a free agent again. Do you think there's a chance him coming back and lighting up the CFL even bigger, right? Another year of experience under his under his belt that he can walk back into the NFL then and say, hey, I'm a backup. Like, I'm not third string. You're not signing someone else ahead of me. Is there enough there that he could do in the CFL, or is the NFL perspective always going to be, yeah, I don't care. Like, set every fucking record there is up there. You're just a guy down here. Zero chance that he comes back this year for that. I think he he knows in his heart of hearts as a guy who's – 23, 24, yeah. 25, whatever, in his mid-20s, who's going to go, time. I'm going to do I'm gonna do a three-year push. And if I can't in three years stop, you know, get, get past making a quarter of a million on a practice roster, I know that 500 grand yeah, I can come home is still waiting for me somewhere in a, in a Canadian quarterback-starved league. Yeah. That, that 500 grand is going to be waiting for me tomorrow. Right. So uh, I think now was a time where I try and So there was nothing he could do this year in your opinion to elevate his stock in the NFL. Well, I think to he, be done in the CFL. I think no. no. I, I think I think you look at guys like you look at Flutie late in his career, you oh, look yeah. at Jeff, Jeff Garcia, Garcia, you look at the, you know any of these guys Warren Moon, guys who have made their stake their claim here mm-hmm. went back. They were they were well established. And all those guys started, right? Garcia yep. for the 49ers and Flutie for the, for Bills. the Bills. And and uh, Warren Moon went down for the t- Tennessee, uh, Tennessee Titans. 
can't that's, remember the movie. That's my recollection. It's pre, uh, yeah, yeah, pre-Matt. I know. That, well, it's 80s and yeah. into the year. So, yes, I get how Matt may miss that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, those guys were in their 30s. Yeah. Right? So, Nathan Rourke is a guy who's sort of trying to do it the opposite way. I want to get to a spot where I can make money now. And if I can't, I'm, I'll, I'll a come million back. American. And I will, I will make my 500 grand in Canada. And if I have to come back later, if that's an option, but I want to do it now, I want to see if I can load up my plate right now. Do you care what he does in Jacksonville? Like, is this a story you'll follow at all? Um, cause I, tr- there's no other reason in the world to care about the Jacksonville Jaguars for me this year. I'd like to see it work, man. I, I, I think it's a blow to the CFL, but the blow has been struck, right? It, Either oh. way, it's it's done. I hope he does well. I'd, I'd you know, I hope just, he does well. You just in see- that Canadian thing, yes. right, where you want to see our guys show they can do it. And True I, story, man. I, he's not going to start, but could he make it as a backup? I hope I, so. I hope so, yeah. yeah. Okay, so what's your thoughts on that beer? Uh, pretty much as as, as it was think, right up front, has. yeah. It was, I'm not loving it. I don't mind it. I wouldn't say that, like, I'm... Nah, you know what? Maybe I would. I'm not loving it, but I'm not hating it, right? It's, it's, it's kind of... Middle of the road, it's it's dry right up front. When you tell me a brown ale, you want a brown ale. I kind of want a brown ale. Yeah, and, and so, so they're trying some stuff here. You know me, I, I like yep. that. But and that's why I brought it. Yeah, I thought, well, we'll check it out. Yeah, um, I had a West Coast IPA from them. Came in at about six point five on Friday night, I think. Okay, much darker. It was it was really hmm. a brown in complexion. Uh, I didn't love it off the hop. I loved it at the end. I'm not sure, right? But they also had a dropkick stout. Not bad. Really not bad. So Dropkick stout. Yeah, it's, it was uh, brought out for uh, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, yeah. I was all in on the dropkick Murphys there yep. on St. Patty's Day. So there you go. If, if, if you're interested and you're out there and you're local. If you're out there. Yeah. Anybody? Anybody? Hello. <laughs> uh, look, we've been covering this story for a bit now. And we've been weekly, it seems, doing it from the same angle over and over. So we could talk about the Chicago Blackhawks canceling their Pride Night to protect those dainty Russian athletes from that new propaganda law, while the next night Sergei Bobrovsky, who has played for them at the Olympics, the World Championships, and the World Cup, had no problem wearing a Pride uniform. We could talk about that. We could talk about. Eric Stahl and Mark Stahl citing their faith Fuck for a reason not to wear the uh, the Pride jerseys during the Florida Panthers Pride night. Citing their faith despite having been arrested for public nudity as they both got found on the side of the road <laughs> after Eric's <laughs> bachelor party. We could talk about that. We could talk about Eric Stahl. Thunder Bay, baby. We could you know, don't show up naked in Thunder Bay, man. It's it's cold. <laughs> I assume it was a summer. Uh, yeah, for sure, man. Mosquitoes as big as your thumb. We could talk about Eric Stahl after the Florida Panthers pride game saying, I've never worn one. I would never wear a pride jersey. While footage of him wearing it for the Montreal Canadiens in 2021 circulates around. It's the Habs. Someone probably took a picture. You fucking idiot. We could talk about any of those things. Instead, let's talk about the Seattle Thunderbirds last week who have the only openly gay player in junior hockey, a guy we've talked about before on here, Luke Prokop, drafted by the Nashville Predators. And their organization 
like many junior hockey teams, I don't want to dump on the Thunderbirds, had chosen not to have a pride night. A, it's a lot of kids. Do you want to draw attention to this subject? And B, you just don't have the resources, right? It costs money to make jerseys like this. It costs, yeah. it takes over a year to get these things organized. But the fans of the Seattle Thunderbirds decided we have the only openly gay player, the only guy who's decided I'm going to come out, I'm going to do this. We have to do something. We have to acknowledge this. So the fans of the Seattle Thunderbirds, and there were a few specifically, obviously, who stepped up and put it out front and said, we're going to put this together. And they went to the organization and said, we're going to do this. And the Thunderbirds said, whatever you need. This isn't our thing. We're not going to take credit. But anything we can give you, right? They sent over a rainbow version of their logo, said sell it for whatever you can, print it for whatever you need. And on the night of the actual game, players themselves, who again, this wasn't an organizational decision, had gone out of their way to make sure they had pride tape for the warmup. And every single one of them used it. And a big handful of them used it throughout the entire game, which a lot of players don't. They're comfortable in yep. game with what they're comfortable with. Right. This is a story where every one of those teenagers stepped up and did something that grown men have shown over the last couple of weeks or months that they won't do. And I, I think it was great. The Thunderbirds sent their logo or their mascot out waving the rainbow flag during the game. They did adjust their in-game graphics on the, the scoreboard to have signage and, and, and rainbow this and that right behind their, their graphics. But this was fan driven and every one of Luke Prokop's teammates jumped in, man. I think we've talked a ton about the fuckers who can't get their heads around this and do this right. And yet here's a group of teenagers that went, yeah, I can do it. Yeah. And see, nobody is asking it. And we've talked about it ad nauseum. I understand nobody is asking Eric Stahl to embrace anything else other than to say, Hey, I, Come on in. I, I, you know, this is, this is a place that you're welcome at. Yep. That's what the, that's what it, that's what it represents. And when you stand out and say, my faith says no, it says, no, what? No, you're not welcome here. It says, no, I didn't do it two years ago. Oh, look, there I am wearing it. You so fucking asshole. So I, I, I don't have any time for that. No. And if that makes me, uh, a left lefty granola cruncher, <laughs> whatever, whatever. Well, that's why I thought the Thunderbirds might be a better. Yeah. And so. Here's somebody doing it right. And so to me, I was not aware of the story yeah. at all. And so these are the stories where you, that, that, that warm the heart, right? That you say, yeah, okay. You're not, everybody's a fucking douche. We have a teammate here who's had the courage to stand up and say, I am an openly gay teenager. And all his teenage buddies went, cool, got your back, man. Wow. Something a bunch of grown men couldn't be bothered to do and, well, in Chicago or San Jose or Florida or New York or Philadelphia or on and on, man. And I would suggest to you the vast majority of those, of those grown males don't know, don't know an openly. Uh, openly. Did I say openly? <laughs> openly gay person. I'm sure they don't. I, I'm sure they don't know anybody from the LGBTQ plus community. Because if they did, you would understand that that's just a person yep. like you. There's no difference to that person. It's just your perception. And so, 
I think I think it's exposure to a bunch of things and and it shows a real shortcoming. So thumbs up to the fans of the Seattle Thunderbirds. 100%. Who put this out there? Thumbs up to the Thunderbirds themselves who said, "Okay, we didn't do it, but we will give you any of our copyrights." Yeah. that will allow this and uh and like I said, thumbs up to the players on that team who weren't ordered by their organization or their coaching staff or whatever, but who you said, will do this. Yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to stand with Luke Prokop. So. Well, and, and, and like so many other things, right? The things that are grassroots and, and spontaneous and organic. Always better, man. Always better. And, and you, you get less of this, the ones where that happens and you say people like, I'm going to embrace this. Yep. I'm going to embrace this for this reason. It, beyond just me, it's that guy. Right. I'm going to do it for that guy. I got that guy's back. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a teammate of mine. I like that guy. Right. And so I don't care if he's dating guys. Like really when it comes down to it, that's what it he is. He gives a shit. Can Who, you play the game? Can 100%, you help us win? 100%, man. Right. Exactly. <laughs> this is a drafted NHL player in my in, on my team and right. he's he's a good guy. Anyways, that's my own opinion. What's your opinion on the Tampa Bay Lightning at this point, man, who have gone to three straight Stanley Cup finals, have two rings during that stretch. They've been counted out before, and it seems like there's a few people lining up to do the same thing right now because they're sputtering through me! A, a stretch here that hasn't been very good, but they're locked in and have known for quite a while. They're playing the Leafs in the first round. Um, there was a chance that they could have still leapt forward and grabbed home ice, and I guess that chance is still alive, but... This game, I guess it was Thursday. Uh, the Sens beat the Lightning and the Leafs beat the Panthers. Put five games between them at the time. The Leafs had two games in hand. It's going to be a lot to overcome for Tampa to get home ice. But where are you at on the Bolts at this point, man? I am. And, and again, Ottawa won 7-2. Yeah, it was pretty pretty handily. Uh, but it, it was it was sort of 3-2 in the third or late in the second, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. It was a, It was a game and... The team looks dysfunctional. Wow. Sorry about that. The lightning. Dry hopped brown <laughs> ale. Um, yeah, the lightning looks, it looked dysfunctional. And, and if well, I'm. We have, we're just coming off a couple weeks ago, right? John Cooper sat down Kucherov, Stamkos, and Point. And then for the went, entire third period. And then he went out and got smoked the next night. And then by the Carolina. next night, where you're supposed to be like, oh, that ought to wake him up. They got absolutely pounded. Um, By a good Carolina team, yeah, hundred percent, man. Yeah, but yeah, seven zip or whatever it was, it was it was a yeah, it was a beating, yeah. And so you're like, oh, that's not the exact. And Stamco said it's not instantaneous, and you're like, yeah, sometimes it, it kinda is. Kind of is sometimes, sometimes <laughs> yeah. when you when you go, hey, yeah, that's supposed hey, to be the hey. wake up call, right? The towel snap, <laughs> buddy. This is it. And so. Watching them, and then you start to look a little because what what happens is, and I'm one of these people that are are honestly, I am clutching my pearls, hoping the Leafs lose again. You're more, yeah, fired up for this series than I might be. (laughs) Well, but no, if I was to put money down, if I was to lay cash down today, I'm putting I'm putting the Leafs in five games, and and five games. Today, All right. that's where I'm going. If I was to make money on this, you're to say, hey. You've you seen the Leafs have been 
yeah. sucking shit since the deadline, too, yeah, well, right? As soon as they stop playing Matt Murray, they're just going to be just fine, right? <laughs> um, I don't know, but that's not to me. That's not the issue. And yeah, yeah. All right. the Bolts. But, but what happens here is when it comes down to it last year, let's, let's flash back to mm-hmm. 10 months ago, right? Yeah. You and I sit in the same studio and we're talking about it and I'm saying, I like the Tampa D better. Yeah. I like Vasilevsky better. Yeah. And, and today... I like Vasilevsky better. Yep. The D. And that's it, man. You look at the, like, I don't know who this Perblex guy is. <laughs> I don't know. You got Zach Bogosian sometimes on that top Bogosian. line. Bogosian. Yeah, exactly. And you have, you know, Ian Cole. You have, like, they got Chirnak, Sergachev, and Hedman. You yep. go, yes, yes, yes. High good. end, good shit. But then you go Radish and you go Cole, Bogosian, and you're just like. Up front, they went and traded all the picks to bring in Tanner Janot, who's done nothing since he arrived there. Well, I'm, I'm looking at. I'm <laughs> it was looking a great at, tweet. Who, on the day of that trade, was a Leaf fan. Who, That's an awful lot for Tampa to give up to bring in the guy who's going to score two goals against Toronto in game seven. <laughs> yeah, but Tampa, yeah. Hey, hey, fucker, whoever tweeted that. We got Matthew Joseph. I want to take picks one through five. Yeah. Yeah, and, of course. And whatever the foot or whoever the other guy was. Yeah, it was foot. Um, no. Uh, can I throw Matthew Joseph back and get that? <laughs> I don't give a fuck about two goals against the Leafs, although I did love it. Um, yeah, as a, as a Tampa fan, you were fine with it. Yeah, 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 for sure. And so to me, I'm watching Ottawa, New Jersey, a very entertaining game on Saturday night. It was. I checked most of that out afterwards, yeah, circle but, back. But to watch Palat, and you go, that's that's a deep cut. Need some of that, yeah. And so when you start to look at no McDonough, mm-hmm. and now McDonough's older too, I get it. He's not McDonough of five years ago, but no Palat, no mm-hmm. McDonough, mm-hmm. and then you go Gourd, you go Johnson, you go Coleman, you go Goudreau, and you start to go. Yeah. When the, you're good for this long, they start peeling pieces cuts, off you. Yeah. And that Palat, watching him, and I think Palat's playing with with Jack Hughes and looking Jack Hughes, really good. Yeah, yeah. Right and now, to me, watching that game, and it's it's really post deadline. Timo Meyer, mm-hmm. singular Timo Meyer, <laughs> Tom Myers. <laughs> it is. It is. He was. He was sort of not really noticeable. He st- still sort of looks like he's trying to find his step there. But right? but. Heeshier, Hughes, and Palat, and I know they don't all play together. Yeah. And it just if you were to close your eyes and listen to that game, Dawson Mercer, more yep. noticeable than, like, Palat is this nice piece there. And when it comes to Tampa, you start to look and go, you know, you start to cut deep when you start to get into the Palats, right, and the McDonough's and, mm-hmm. and, and these sorts of things. And and it's it's noticeable. Well, McDonough especially, right? Like, Sergachev. Very good. Like you would do that trade again a hundred out of a hundred times. You mean for Drew? For Drew. Joe Drew? Right. You would keep doing that if you were Tampa. Is he quite ready for, you the know. Eyeball taste he, says no. Yeah. I, I don't know. I it, It's. Well, you can't afford it because you're petrified. You can't afford to say you know or don't know. No, I don't. And that's right. But you look at that team and you look at everything that they've been through and you just go, there's been like four or five times everybody's like, ah, fuck the lightning, it's falling yeah. apart. And then yeah. they just show up and be like, actually, here's our another trip to the final four or Yep. I, I don't know. I'm with you. The Tampa goaltending is far superior to Toronto's. I think 
Tampa's high end D. In fact, I know Tampa's high end is better than well, Toronto. Hedman is a yeah. He's a top even he's not having a great year. Right, but you assume in the playoffs because they're slew footing people and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right after they've had a root canal. Yeah, exactly. Times uh, are tough. Yeah, but I think Toronto's defensive depth is better. It's having a hard time clicking right now. I think the depth is better. And then, yeah, what does it look like? It's going to, as we've said a thousand times here, Toronto's top four up front has to get it done. Can they be better than Point, Stamkos, Kucherov? If I look at right now as an outsider Mm -hmm. and you go Tavares, Nylander, Marner, Matthews, just that. Yeah. And you go Point, Kucherov, Stamkos, Kalorn? Hagel. Hagel on the top line. But I like Toronto's top four. Yeah, but I liked them better last year. See, but I liked them in a regular season. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but all I'm saying is, is as it comes down to, uh, Kucherov has a hundred points. That's you can't look past that. No, it's it, right. It's a pretty big deal. And you go, well, Stamkos is down to thirty two goals. Matthews down to thirty six. Like there's, yeah. I just I it's one of those things yeah. where I don't know, and and I I do hear all that. Well, they got Vasilevsky and they have this mm-hmm. winning pedigree, and you go, Jack Campbell hung tight. Last year with Vasilevsky, right? He, yeah. He, he's... And so to me, I do like this year, I like the least defensive depth more than than Tampa's. Over the last 10 to 15 games, right, since the deadline, the analytics would say Tampa's record stinks. 7-13, and 13, I think, in the last 20 games. But they're playing better than their record suggests. Toronto's record's pretty good. And their analytics, like almost everything is sub 50, sub, sub 50%, right? Like they're having a hard time. So, well, when they start giving out wins and losses for analytics, well, this is it. This is the whole point. When you brought in a Luke Shen and a even Jake McCabe, Jake McCabe. and whatever, I like the Jake McCabe. I do pickup. too, man. I do too. Uh, but this is it, right? Those are supposed to be playoff acquisitions. I think Luke Shen won a Stanley Cup with Tampa Bay twice. Oh yeah, that's played happened. nineteen of forty-one games. So, <laughs> a real linchpin for that. Yeah, yeah, okay, but it is one of those things. And Luke Shen is not. Gonna, I like Luke Shen. Luke I'm Shen happy is not going to be a top four guy in Toronto. Well, <laughs> looks like they might have to play him with Riley because. Okay, well that's problem. Uh, it really could, is, man. Could He's you just, not have told me that before I started this down Il this Uke fucking Le, blue train? Shen, that's the I love Luke it. Yeah, yeah, I do yeah. it. I do it the late season. Yeah. Shen. He's just a guy. We'll see. I love Luke Shen. I was going to a pile of games back when he was first drafted, right? And they were just terrible. Drinking $8.50 beers. Man, what a bargain. Seems like a deal. Yeah. Sunshine list of pints. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'd make that list, man. <laughs> but I just, I am, if, if the playoffs started today, I'm looking at, King, Kings and Oilers. Yeah. Want to watch that? Yep. I want to see Rangers Devils. Rangers Devils is going to be so good. And I want to see Leafs in Tampa. I do too. That's going to be good. But I am, as somebody who's I a dyed in the wool Leaf hater, yeah. I think the Leafs win that series today. Yeah. Well, even with Samsonov or, or Murray, I just think. So a week ago, you were on here, maybe two weeks ago. Did I say ago. Tampa was going to win the cup a year ago? No, you ago? didn't. Oh, okay, a week or two God. ago, Woo! you were on here saying. You think you had to go with Samsonov? I still think that. Matt Murray, that game in Ottawa, that was not on him. They gave up like 50 shots and he He still stopped. gave up four goals. Yeah, and... 48. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, okay, but what do you got? I, I was just going to ask you. 
a week later, two weeks later, I don't even remember when we had this conversation. Yeah, last week because it was last still, Saturday. Am I still, still on the Samsonov? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think when the Murray Murray's thing, been all right, and it would be he, hard to turn goals against under four no. in the last. But Matt Murray, like he's that guy that has the who played Saturday night against Carolina. Saturday against Carolina. Matt Murray. What was the score? Yeah, four two. Okay, he was fine. Yeah, it wasn't right. great, but was fine. We don't need fine. On Sunday, I actually, as you and I sit here right now, they're getting ready to play Nashville again at five o'clock. That's a win. Eastern. Well, rough travel and an early start. I think I don't even know if that's Samsonov or Joseph Wall. What, right? They're going to from they're going from North Carolina, Carolina to Nashville, yeah. Tennessee. Yeah, nah, it's not it's rough still back to back with five o'clock. Yeah, yeah, no, the back to back is legit. And the early start, I I don't know whether that's going to be Wall or Samsonov. I just is it possible for you given what you've seen in Ottawa? Like, is there anything that could happen between now and then before you would say, yeah, okay, give it to Murray, or are you just out on him? I'm just out on him. Yeah, and and it, it isn't his his tenure here and lack of success or, or a nice two month hot streak he had. Mm-hmm. And I believe he still has it in him because we've seen it here and we saw it when he came in in the playoffs for flurry yeah, and looked like a fucking brick wall. Yeah. yeah. But he's never, since, since even then, in those two cups in Pittsburgh, he never went pillar to post. He, he was always split time with flurry. And since then Pittsburgh's given up on him. Yep. Ottawa's flipped it out and said, hey, we'll pay yep. a portion of his salary for, for you fat hogs in Toronto to take him. Should have paid more of that, please. Yeah, I see it. For, <laughs> and that's a win. Yeah, of course it is. But Part that, of hot Pierre Summer. Yeah, well, or a fucking it's hot Carl hot on your chest, <laughs> one or the other. Um, I am fascinated. Fascinated by Tampa and, and what they are. And I just, to I me, the Hegel wasn't great last year. To, you know, Chris Neal made up for it. I think Hagel's over thirty goals this year. Well, he's, he's right up there in the top line with with Point and yep. uh, and Kucherov. So, well, Point also world's quietest forty goal guy, like coming up on fifty. No oh, one's Jack talking Hughes about is it. Right there too. I know that guy looks honestly uh, begrudgingly. Yep, he looks legit now. Right? Fucking right, man. For a guy who came in at a buck twenty five or whatever it was and had more hair. You remember than body? a couple of years we did that. <laughs> okay. the Nico Heeshear Nolan Patrick draft. You're like, you're not going to win a cup with Nico Heischer as your number Nico one Nico Heischer was the new Patrick Stefan, in my opinion. But I, I no longer feel like that. But Nico Heischer as your number two center? Yeah. Giddy up, motherfuckers, right? Well, like, Jesper Bratt looks like he's yep. he's finally got to yep. a spot where, and so they're just fast. I don't know what they're going to look like in the playoffs, but man. It's interesting, eh? Because I don't love that matchup for the Rangers. Like, I think the Devils are pretty fast, but I like the Rangers' experience. And I like, obviously, Shesterkin. But they got some guys on, oh, the, yeah. on the Rangers yeah. who, who like to trade, who don't mind a track meet. No. but And I like their goaltending Can they do than, it? Like, can Kane keep up with a track meet still? Can Tarasenko keep up with a track meet still? I Yeah, but Panarin and you have... Did you see last week... Super ugly guy, used to be a senator. Yeah, Zibanejad. Zibanejad. Is he bad? <laughs> Did you see last Chris week? Kreider. I don't want to go in depth on it because I thought it was take out your goalie, lame as fuck. <laughs> last week, the PA player survey. I saw a bit of that, yes. And they named again the most underrated player in the league, Sasha Barkov. You're like, oh. can we do this four years in a row? Like, yes. At some point. No, yes, we can. No, we can't. No, we can't Everyone sorry. knows he's fucking hot. And Jonathan Huberdo says. In the top five, that though. Guy's underrated. Was Zabinijad. And he, to me, is far closer yes. to the most underrated underrated 
player in the league than Barkov. Like, there's a difference between Barkov just not being in the mainstream media. Like, he might be undercovered. He's not underrated. You know who's underrated? Benajad is Matthew been, Kachuk. Yeah, putting up a heart caliber season in any year where Connor, Connor McDavid, McDavid doesn't playing. exist. Yeah. Hey, has Connor McDavid scored 2,000 points in his career? Like, already? No. <laughs> Maybe. Today? Yeah. <laughs> does he score 70 goals this year and does he get 2,000 points in a career? Yes or no? 70 goals this year, yes. 2,000 points, no. Okay. Interesting. I think at some point, no matter how good of a skater you are, at some point it falls off a bit, right? When he gets into his... I know. He's fucking ridiculous. It's so funny, right? All it took... We've talked so many times about different guys over the years who are like... I don't know. What was it? 2010, 2011, 2012. When everyone was like, well, Crosby just can't score. He's yeah. like, well, then go fuck yourself. I'll go win a rocket next year, put up 50 or whatever yeah. it was. Uh, that's all it took last year for Connor McDavid. Austin Matthews win a heart, wins a heart trophy. And I think legitimately was in the conversation, not for best player in the world, but who had the best season yeah. last year. That was fine. And McDavid kind of went home and went, all right, well, fuck you. Fuck that I'll guy. just come back. I'll score 70 next year. Is that what and I fuck him? Do? Right. What, I'm not good enough now? I win the scoring race, but I still don't get. Right. Oh, I guess you're tired of. You're Imagine tired of my being, two points a game. Just being that good. That's yeah. just like, oh, okay. I'll just do that next year and well, then blow everybody away. And, and pre-Matt's existence, yeah, Gretzky loses the scoring race because he scored one goal less than Marcel Dion. Yeah. He's like, all right, 49 to his 50. Mm, all right. I guess I'll just score 70. Next How's this 92 <laughs> treat you? Bam! So yeah, great ones have that ability. To just completely separate themselves. Oh, I'm a bad guy. I'm no good at face-offs. Oh, let me fix that. That was like another Crosby thing early yep. on in his career, and he just came back the next year and put up like a 58%. I'm a giant. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're an expert. <laughs> yes, I am. Let's wind this one down, man. Sad. Sad to see it come to an end. But don't be sad it's over. Be glad it happened. <laughs> It's WrestleMania week. <laughs> Lever Sage in here this week for the first time. Woo! That's going to be a lot of fun. Blue Jays opening day on Thursday. That's going to be a blast. Dan you Schulman. You want to be the man? You got to beat the man. Woo! That a boy, man. Laid it down. Yep. Love it. And uh, Dan Schulman next week. Oh, I love, love Dan. to catch up with Dan, man. That's uh good guy. Glad he gives us the time of day. Not sure why he does. For sure we're, we're glad. <laughs> we'll take it. Uh, that is episode 1087 of the Talkin Audio Podcast. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're hearing us right now. Make sure you are following along on social media at Talkin Audio. For Rob, my name is Matt. We will catch you all on the next one. See ya. Fuck, man. Thank you, guys. The hell is that? Number one bullshit. Oh, number one bullshit. Why are you so pissy?